1: Welcome to The Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their three-to-ten-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And now, here's your host, The Exit Coach, Bill Black.
0: Everyone, Bill Black, The Exit Coach from The Exit Coach Radio Show. You know, one of the biggest questions I get on the show is, what exactly goes into a business Business exit plan and when should I start creating mine? Well, I always tell people that the best time to start was five years ago, but the next best time is now because you never know when you might need it. So, we put together a free report that describes what an exit plan is and what you should know. You can get it free by texting exit plan with no spaces to 44222. That's exit plan to 44222. Again, text exit plan to 44222.
1: Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their three- to ten-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black.
0: Well, hey, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me once again today. You know, it's it's always a great pleasure of mine to bring guests on the show who have uh, as much or more experience than I do in this field and hear their insights. And uh, I have uh, with me one of those such experts, Patrick Carroll, founder and CEO of Obsidian Planning Solutions, and he's got over thirty-five years of financial and business consulting experience, and uh, he has experienced the various pain points that you business owners feel every day and he's uh, really dedicated him and his firm to helping owners grow and protect their business and that's what led them to create something called the lifestyle protector program we're going to talk about to help you understand the value of having a continuity succession and transition plan in place and Patrick has developed a simple approach to planning that can be easily incorporated into the hectic schedule of business owners Patrick, welcome to the show, and thanks so much for joining me once again. It's been a while, but once again.
1: Hi, Bill. Thanks for having me.
0: My pleasure, Patrick. Uh, you have a, a great reputation in the world of exit planning as a, a someone who really knows how to break things down for business owners and communicate clearly, but also not uh, not miss things. And we're going to talk today about why a business owner's personal finances are critical to the success. Have an exit or transition plan. Before we get into that, though, could you please just share with our listeners a little bit about
1: you and your background and how you got into this great field of exit planning? Sure. Uh, I've been in the financial planning business since the early '80s, and in 1988, um, I, I got my uh, CFP. And as I worked with individuals and businesses over the years. I discovered that I really enjoyed the complexities and the intricacies of working with business owners, so we gravitated to that area. Uh, And then the next step in my education in 2000, I I got certified as an exit planner, even though we had been working with businesses to do the exit planning over the the full 30-some year period. In fact, we have... Businesses we are now working on where we're in the third generation family businesses where we've taken the first generation, moved it down to the second generation, and now we're planning for how the third generation should should take over. And um, I get tremendous satisfaction out of seeing the plan work. That's uh, That sounds very
0: similar to um... – my background, I, I started off, you know, learning financial planning and then started looking at, wait, what's this over here? These business owners really need help. And uh, it's not a, a hundred-piece puzzle. It's a thousand-piece puzzle. <laughs> there are a lot of moving parts, a lot of complications to it. And so uh, as you got into that field, what were some of the biggest challenges you found that business owners were facing?
1: The uh, lack of forward planning and the thought that they are invincible. And also, it's sort of a natural thing for a person who jumps out and builds a business to be somewhat of a control freak. And when you are unwilling to let go, it's very difficult to either... Um, make your business the most valuable, or even sometimes to listen to other people to get advice. Um, and we have to overcome all of those areas as we work with an owner to help them build their long-term plans.
0: That's a great point. A lot of business owners, of course, the, like you said, they've they've been in control and they. They know maybe they've heard from others what their business is worth, and they think, well, mine must be worth that or more. Uh, and no, nobody wants to hear that it's it's worth less than what they think it's worth. And a lot of these uh, business owners have a trusted advisor team, usually what a CPA and maybe an attorney or two, uh, maybe a, uh, somebody else financially. So they have all these other advisors. Uh, let me ask you a question. Why do, why do they need one more advisor when it comes to this type of planning?
1: That's a great question. And we have, we have to answer that question all the time when, we, when we're first engaged by a business because most of the people we work with have good attorneys and maybe maybe not just an attorney but multiple attorneys. They work with CPAs. They have insurance advisors real estate advisors. But the interesting thing is there's no one there who knows the whole picture. The planning is being done in silos, and it may be done fabulously well in each silo, but if you don't coordinate it, you're not going to get the best outcome. Um, I had one of our clients call me this morning, And he had a question that revolved around real estate, investing, and estate planning. And because we had helped coordinate each one of those areas for him, I was able to answer his question from a um, high level rather than if he had called each one of his other advisors, he would have gotten a really good answer, but... A siloed answer. Uh, we've, we've also find this when we we sometimes will help develop a plan prior to build bringing in the other advisors. We had a husband and wife ran a very successful business. They were having a amicable divorce, if any divorce can be amicable, but it was it was a they weren't fighting about it. And they came to us and they said, "Look, we would like to split the business. So one of us ends up with the business, the other one ends up with um, a cash buyout, but we don't want to we don't want to fight over it and we want it to be fair on both sides. So we worked through a plan that they were both very happy with. And then of course, we had to bring in their advisors and show the advisors what the plan was and so one side had their attorney and their accountant. The other side had the same thing. And once we started presenting the plan, almost immediately we started to get negative feedback from the, both sides of the table. This isn't fair. This isn't going to work. And if we hadn't been in the room to be able to show them that, yes, this had been thought through, it coordinated all the different parts, they may still be fighting over it. Uh, I I still remember the phone call I got from a, a, a different client who said, we had just finished a meeting for the day where we had, I think it was three attorneys and two accountants in the room. And he called me later in the day. He said, you know, Pat, that was the most expensive meeting I've ever had. I had to pay all six of you for that meeting but it was the most valuable meeting I've ever been in because we accomplished more in that meeting than we had in the two previous years. So hiring a coordinator is a very important part of the overall planning. You don't need to get rid of your other advisors, but you do need somebody to coordinate them. That's uh, probably the, the most well-stated
0: uh, statement I've heard explaining that in, in quite a while, Patrick. And I think that's, you know, uh, what you're saying is you're part uh, technician, part strategist, and part counselor to to understand not only what the how it hits the balance sheet and the P and L of the numbers, but also how it hits the head for each of these individuals. And uh, in some cases, uh, uh, helping them understand uh, why this is the best sounding plan and then getting that validated with the other advisors. The other thing I wanted to bring up is isn't it true that um most for instance I've heard it over and over again that CPAs really are are not they're they're there to kill taxes in a lot of cases. They're there to help business owners um navigate the tax system and when an, an owner starts to think about the future about transitioning or selling their business or moving it on to the next generation uh their their needs and their tactics need to change as well. In, in a lot of
1: cases, is that true? Yes, it is. Uh, CPAs are excellent at looking backwards and analyzing from a tax standpoint. The you know how to do the returns. We own a um, part of a of a tax firm and. I love the CPAs in the firm, and some of them can, can analyze a deal going forward, but they're looking almost exclusively at the number side of the deal. And, Bill, you hit the nail on the head. The psychological side is usually more important than the numbers,
0: so let's talk about owners' needs. Uh, you know, once they sell or once they start transitioning out of the business, a lot of times, uh, uh, I don't know, I'll ask an owner, what do you think you need? And they'll really uh, understate what they think their needs are because a lot of times they're not considering all the expenses that have been paid for by the business to date. So you develop something, a step-by-step process for business owners called the Lifestyle Protector Program. Let's talk about that. Why did you develop
1: that, and what is it? Sure. It's a program that we spent the last 30 years uh, refining. We found it interesting that when um, owners came to us to transition out of the business, whether it was to retire or to move on to something else, the, the every single one of them had the goal of making sure that their lifestyle remained the same, and hence the name Lifestyle Protector Program. And we've all heard the um, statistics that the vast majority of most business owners' net worth is tied up in their business. But if we take that one step uh, further, What we found with the business owners that we work with is they may not need all that money that they have in the business to protect their lifestyle. So they come in, meet with us, they're fearful that they need to have a certain amount of money, but most of the business owners we've worked with have done a fairly good job in building other assets, whether it be a second business or real estate, stock and bond investments. And when we go through the process of analyzing where they are personally, if we, if we come back and we can say, okay, your business is worth $40 million, but you have enough net worth outside the business where you only really need to sell that business for $10 million, you can see the stress level sort of come down two notches because not only is the business a dollar thing that they're trying to turn into cash, but it's also their baby. They've spent 15, 20, 30 years raising, it's like another child, you know, Bill, you have a couple kids, I have a couple kids, we really care about the kids much more from an emotional standpoint than from a money standpoint. And most of the business owners that we work with have the same relationship with their business. They have employees that have been there for many years. They have clients that they want to protect. And if we can go in and we can say, look, your business is worth 40 million. You deserve 40 million for the business, but you only need 10 million, they can then say, all right, I don't need to take the highest bid for the firm that's going to come in and fire everybody. I might take the second or the third bid that better protects my business going forward. Or maybe I won't even sell it externally. Maybe I'll do an internal transfer knowing that I'll get less money, but knowing it's going to be enough to take care of what I need to do financially while also taking care of the emotional side of protecting my clients and customers and employees as well.
0: That is a really great place for a business owner to be where they feel like they've, they've uh, done the right thing. And especially, you know, in, uh, in a lot of areas, uh, business owners are very visible in their communities, and they know that they'll probably see after they sell or transfer their businesses, they'll probably see their employees or others in town uh, after that. And they want to be able to look at them in the eye and know that they did the right thing by them. I hear that over and over again with, with regards to culture. And I love working with those types of clients. Don't you?
1: Yeah. it's The part of their identity is tied up in, in the good things that they've accomplished for the community. And, We right now have sort of an uh, unfortunate situation where uh, a a business owner came into us. They were right at this; they had already signed the um, the deal for selling their business, and they said, "Look, we understand you have this program in place, and we'd like to hire it. I know it's sort of a hire you, but it's sort of a a little bit late to do that. But we did the analysis." and we as we've met with them over the last year and a half they have been very unhappy with what the new owners have done getting rid of employees and getting rid of and doing things to clients that they didn't think was was what they would have done so yes as part of the community as part of their identity they want to make sure they're protecting their legacy as they go forward and it's not a monetary legacy it's it's what have they done for their communities
0: and I know um, in your practice and uh, others that are belong to exit planning groups like BEI which is a very prevalent group out there uh, that that's one of the uh, soft kind of discussions agendas that is presented is let's really think about the terms of the sale not just the financial terms but, but what's going to happen? What should you be asking for for key employees? What should you be looking for? What's one of the number one tips you could give a business owner uh, to position themselves for success, Patrick?
1: It's the something that business owners really often don't think about. As we talked about earlier, most business owners are control freaks, And our biggest advice, and one of the things that's probably hardest for people to actually do, is to make yourself expendable. We give lots of workshops for uh, different types of business planning, and a question I use at the beginning of each workshop is, when is the last time you've taken a vacation? And I frame that question very specifically around, have you been away for a week, Have you not answered any emails and not made any phone calls? And when I ask the question, the week question, maybe half or a third of the people will raise their hands. Then I move it to two weeks, and many more of the hands come down. And then I move it to three weeks. And usually there's one hand or maybe two hands up in the room for people who've taken three weeks vacation, not answered emails, and not uh, had any phone calls. And I know those, va- those businesses are the most valuable businesses in the room because when a third party comes in to buy you, they don't want, you, your, they want your team to be able to run the business. They don't want you around anymore. And, and when you do an internal transfer, if you can be expendable, you've already built the key employees that can take that business and continue making it successful. It's really hard for most business owners to do that, and sometimes it will take a number of years of coaching to get them to that point. But whenever they are able to do it, the the business is much more valuable.
0: That's exactly what I was going to ask was uh, how how much time does that take because in situations that I'm sure uh, you've seen, as I have, the owner does quite a bit of everything, and they really need to start in phases of getting rid of those uh, uh, you know, unimportant tasks first that they find themselves doing because they can do them faster and work their way up to developing uh, really documented uh, handover kind of uh, descriptions of, of how more complex tasks are. Uh, what, kind of, uh, uh, what kind of dashboard do you like to see business owners using, if I may ask?
1: From a dashboard standpoint, there's uh, many different ones that can be used. Um, Power BI, which is a Microsoft product, works pretty good as a dashboard, and you can pull in information from various different systems. Um, the It's an interesting because the dashboard is, allows you to look at all the different areas of your business. You should have a section for sales. You should have a section to look at the numbers. But going back to what I said earlier, the each human being and business owner has a unique ability. If you focus on your unique ability, you can make your business more valuable and you can also work with your employees to have them focus on their unique ability. So if you are not the best with numbers, you should have a dashboard with the high level numbers and you should have somebody else in the organization diving down into the low level. It's, we often work with owners where the unique ability of the owner might be sales. And it's interesting that a lot of consultants come in and they say, well look, you shouldn't be in sales, you need to hire salespeople. Well, what if your unique ability is sales and you're the best salesperson out there? We had one uh, consult, uh, computer consulting firm where after working with them for a couple years, we had the owner, he moved into sales 100%. He hired a CEO to run the firm, and they and they grew um, exponentially because he was willing to let go of all the other parts. So the dashboards are important, but... You, you, you need to maybe have parts of the dashboard reviewed by other people in your organization. Yeah, good point. Good point. I mean,
0: I, I was just thinking of if you if you had a really nice car for sale, but the dashboard didn't work. Uh, I, people would probably pass on that sale. And in, in a lot of cases, if people say, look, I know you don't have to come in, but what can I look at to see how the business is doing? You know, one of the uh, – it might make the business more more successful. One of the things that um, – and biggest questions that I think owners ask and want to know about is how much is my business worth and how does that compare to competitors? And at Obsidian Planning Solutions, you have a complementary – business competitive analysis tell us a little bit about how that works and and how our listeners can take advantage of that
1: it's a really cool thing to look at because you can benchmark yourself to other businesses just like yourself the what we do is we'll pull in uh, numbers from whatever accounting system that you're using we will compare that to your type of business and also your size of business. So, for example, uh, we specialize in working with both um, construction businesses and healthcare businesses. So, if we have a plumbing firm that comes in, we'll pull in their numbers and we will run it against the same size firms all over the country and we can then show them areas where they can tweak and make it better. So, we do that as a way to get people to come in and see us. We don't charge for that up front. And if you go to our website, you can sign up for a, uh, a free phone call where we will then uh, talk about how we get the numbers from you.
0: That's a very valuable service and a very valuable first approach for someone who is is wondering, you know, about, you know, what is my business worth? I know what I think it's worth, but what does the marketplace think it's worth, uh, and how does it compare to others? The website is obsidianplanning.com. I'll spell that for you, O-B-S-I-D-I-A-N planning.com, obsidianplanning.com. And there's all kinds of great information on the website, uh, and you can schedule a call to talk, talk with uh, patrick or one of his capable staff about your business and your goals and what your outlook is maybe you want to pass it to your uh, the next generation maybe you want to prepare it for sale to an outside buyer or maybe you want to do something else with it but it's time to get started on planning that now as i say you know now's now's the second best time five years ago was the first best time right patrick
1: oh absolutely the sooner the better
0: the sooner the better, and it's a great time you know, now for business owners to be thinking about what, what they'll do when we recover fully recover from all that's been going on lately and uh, their business uh, is ready to go. So, Patrick, I want to thank you for coming on today and sharing all of your great tips with our listeners. Uh, you'll find uh, the link to uh, Patrick's website on our show notes as you check that out at exitcoachradio.com. And uh, really great to talk with you again. I hope we... Uh, get to talk again sometime in the near future.
1: Uh, Thank you very much, Bill. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio.